0: Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to the Wolverine live here on a Monday night uh, broadcasting from the Wolverine's YouTube channel. Anthony Broom here along with Clayton Safey and Chris Ballas. And fellas, we are a step closer to football season. Uh, As of Monday, August 7th, we have 26 days until kickoff. We got to talk to Michigan players Uh, on Monday for the first time since fall camp started. So uh, exciting times uh, ahead. Uh, Talk to JJ McCarthy, Jalen Harrell, um, Zach Zinter, and Michael Barrett. So we'll go through uh, what those guys talked about. Obviously need to touch on some of this Big Ten realignment stuff. And then to end the show, uh, as always, we will take your guys' questions. So uh, feel free to line those up in the queue. Uh, Before we bring in our two wonderful co-hosts for this evening, I want to talk really quickly about our friends over at My Perfect Franchise, sponsor here on our Monday night podcast. Uh, Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ludicky can help. Andy is a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using his expertise, he helps find others, find their American dream, through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process, call Andy. Put your life and career in your own hands. Best of all, his services are one hundred percent free to you. So, what do you guys have to lose? Uh, we had a meeting with Andy last week, where we talked about some of the opportunities that are kind of booming right now in this uh, franchise space. Are uh, you know the home services? Uh, you know, with the, the way the housing market is, you uh, you know, people doing a lot of their own home projects or having contractors come in. There's a lot of opportunities there, obviously also in the brick-and-mortar and, and uh, fitness-type areas. So uh, reach out to Andy today. Uh, you can book a time with him. Uh, you can call call him over at 404-973-9901. And of course, as always, visit My Perfect Franchise uh, on their website at myperfectfranchise.net. Fellas, uh, good to be back. I think this feels like the first time the three of us have been here in a while. Chris, of course... On vacation last
2: week, I take it everyone's feeling all good and rested now. Yeah, a little sunburned. You know, uh, sunscreen would have been good, but you know, it's it was fun, man. Torch Lake, something else. So, always fun to get up north. You know, we only get probably you know eight weeks out of the year seriously where we can kind of unwind a little bit, if that. Maybe six weeks, and uh, used one of my weeks and uh, still put up five stories and he- hosted a chat. So. Uh, You know what? It it never ends and we don't want it to end because we've got an unbelievable community. So it's been a lot of fun, guys. Still got four weeks of summer left, too. So we still got the countdown, the uh, you know what, the anticipation and then it's going to be a good year. I think, fellas,
0: I wish you would have gave us those stats ahead of time. We could have had Megan come up with a graphic for us. uh, (laughs) Well, yeah. Clayton, Clayton, welcome, my friend.
1: I was just going to say, there's a new invention. It's called sunscreen. Uh, it's like yeah. Seinfeld <laughs> when George didn't know how to use a napkin. But no, I'm just kidding. I do the same thing when I'm up there. But glad you yeah. enjoyed it. Great to be here. And football is, is closer. So I'm super excited.
2: I did invent a new cologne called the beach. So Ooh. we're hoping. Yeah. We're I hoping like that. that. Kelvin yeah. Klein? It is. Yep. So we're hoping. It could be a new
1: sponsor. Yeah. yeah
2: we're hoping.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we love our sponsors here, of course. So uh, we are open for business if the Calvin Klein folks are so inclined. But uh, I want to start with, uh, we talked to four players uh, on Monday. We're, it sounds like we're going to have an opportunity to talk to a lot of guys this week. Hopefully a couple assistant coaches in there. But uh, they trotted out QB1 on the first day that we were able to speak to Michigan players. And again, uh, you know, I think we've heard Jim Harbaugh uh, speak a few times this offseason on how You know, JJ has kind of lost the baby fat and, you know, he looks, you know, more, more like a, you know, a junior than, you know, the fresh faced kid uh, that arrived at the program a couple of years ago. But uh, this is the first time I had seen him in a while. And you could definitely see that. You could see it in his jaw. He, you know, he put on some good weight uh, this off season and um, just a guy who's super comfortable in himself. And it looks like he's taken at least that physical step forward, but there was a lot to kind of sift through there uh, with, you know, we spoke to him for about 15 minutes and, you know, chief among it was, you know, he had said this. Zach Zinter had later confirmed it. First couple of days of camp, uh, they are, you know, as of today, I believe this is day four, or day five. Michigan's been throwing the ball a lot more, and there's been a lot of talk this off season about, you know, some more balance and, you know, getting the the passing game more involved in this offense. And obviously, with that comes the the hype that JJ McCarthy is a potential first round guy next year, but. You know, so far it's not uh, you know, there's always these types of talking points too. You use camp to get reps on things that you want to get better at. And, you know, it's clear what the emphasis has been so far. These guys have been pass blocking a lot, these guys on the offensive line, which means the pass rushers are getting a lot of work in, uh, JJ McCarthy and the wide receivers are getting a lot of work in. But uh we'll start on this point there. I mean, your thoughts about the idea that you know they're taking this seriously, and this is a team that does want to throw the ball more.
2: Yeah, part of it, I don't worry about him when it comes to that. I worry about the receivers and, and who are the guys that are going to open and who's going to be uh, receiver number one. And uh, is there going to be a third guy emerging? We've heard great things about Tyler Morris for since the spring. Looks like JJ's listening to me talk. Um, and uh, But he mentioned him as well today, and those guys go way back. Obviously, they played in high school together but Tyler Morris is, was my pick in the magazine for breakout offensive player of the year. I think everybody else like Colston Loveland. And, you know, the only reason I didn't go with Colston was because he kind of broke out last year. I thought um, as that guy, is he going to take it to another level, 500 600 yards? I think you could certainly make a case for him in that respect. And, uh, but I think AJ Barner too, is a guy that's not getting getting enough pubs. So uh, this could be one of those years where the tight ends are, are a huge focus of the passing offense. And then, Uh, Cornelius Johnson, solid. Roman Wilson, is he going to be a deeper threat? We're hearing that. We're hearing that there are going to be more opportunities for him. But as J.J. McCarthy said, there are more seven-on-seven things going on right now because it is a no-pad or a limited-pad practice. So, um, And I like that. You know what? But he's been working with these guys all summer, too. So this is not just something that they said, okay, let's just start throwing. You know what? He's one of those quarterbacks that goes and gets his guys and says, let's go throw. So I think he's going to have a big year. How many yards will he throw for? You know, everybody's like, oh, he's got to be over 3,000 yards. Well, it kind of depends on what happens in those first few games of the year. And when you've got one quarterback like that, uh, and if you're, you've got blowouts going, man, then I, you're going to get that quick hook out, man, and get somebody else in there. So uh, protect this guy for the playoffs and for the Ohio State game. But regardless, I think he's going to have a great year.
1: Yeah, so they've been in thud so far, but that still means that there's hitting going on at the line of scrimmage, and it's not just the pass game on offense getting more work. As A.B., you mentioned, it's the pass rush, too, and you know, that's what kind of excited me a little bit more about what Zach Zinter was talking about with Chris Jenkins, who he called – first, he called him Chris Jenks, and secondly, he called him an elite pass rusher, and, you know, it's a guy pumping up his teammate. I get that, but he had a real look on his face when he was asked, you know, uh, I think Angelique Shangellis from the Detroit News asked him, who's getting the better of, of who in that matchup? And he said, you know, you usually expect that guy to say, you know, he's going to get the better of the guy on the other side of the ball. But he said, man, it's a, it's a battle right now. He's working off the rust. And Chris Jenkins is, is really tough to deal with right now during practice. J.J. McCarthy said that, you know, they're obviously not hitting him, but they're getting in his face and they're getting to him. So, uh, you know, the pass rush excites me. You know, we talk about this team. And, you know, we've talked about this team since January. It's, you know, what can take the, this group over the hump? You know, what gets them from Big Ten champion, college football playoff semifinalists to national champion? And when you look at the pass rush on defense, I think that's the number one thing. And probably on offense, it's being able to run the ball, you know, as effectively as, as you had, you know, the last two seasons, but also take that next step, second year starting quarterback. And it seems like they're on their way to, making sure they're going to be in position to do that.
0: I want to camp out in the the Tyler Morris discussion really fast. Obviously, you know, those guys have been uh, have been very close uh, dating back to you know, when they were playing in 7-on-7 seven seven together uh, back in the 8th grade, or one of them was in the 8th grade. I think they're a year apart. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the quote from uh, JJ on Tyler Morris today was, Tyler Morris He's going to make a big name for himself this year. I've had that connection built since my sophomore year in high school. He's going to do great things. Uh, Tyler Morris is a guy that you know I know when it comes to the sophomore wide receivers everyone has kind of fallen in love with Darius Clemens and again this isn't Darius Clemens shade but because he has you know all the traits he's 6'3 he's long he's fast but I think when you look at these two guys to me I you know given what we know about Roman what we know about Cornelius Johnson I think it's pretty clear to me right now that Tyler Morris is their number three wide receiver and Um, there might be a bit of separation between him and, you know, options four and five.
2: Yeah, that's possible. Uh, I don't think Peyton O'Leary is really a slot receiver. You know, Uh, he's a bigger guy. So, uh, but I do think he's going to play some. I don't think there's any question about it. They keep talking about him and and he had that big spring game that was not the anomaly. He had a great spring. So we'll see how much, but uh, you know what, Tyler Morris, uh, to me, Uh, when I was talking to Ron Bellamy this spring, actually it was May or or closer to June even, and uh, Michigan's receivers coach, and he was talking about Tyler Morris, and he said, you know, he's got that number eight on there, and he said, I'm looking at Jim Harbaugh, and it's like we're we're watching Ronnie Bell here again. It's unbelievable. And uh, they were kind of chuckling it with the plays that he was making, and it's clear now that he's back to full health. You know, sometimes it takes a guy's uh, a year to get that confidence back when they have a significant knee injury, which he did, and now here he is, and I think you're going to see a, a big year from this kid. So, like everything about him, uh, you know, I don't think he likes the spotlight that much. We've talked to him a few times, even on the road this spring, and uh, I don't think he relishes it, and I like that in uh, a kid like that. I think he just wants to go to work and do what he's supposed to do. So watch for a big year from him. Um, when, you, we, when I say big year, you know, kind of a breakout season, maybe 300, 300 yards or so I think would be a breakout season for him. And uh, But they need some of these receivers to step up, fellas, and I think he's certainly a prime candidate.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the, the Ronnie Bell thing, I mean, that's that's real. If, if you look at his Instagram, he posted yeah. a sequence of four photos Wearing the number eight, just even the way he's like in the air and coming down with the ball, he looks just like Ronnie Bell in that number eight. And they don't need him to be Ronnie Bell, lead this team in receiving. But like you said, a few hundred yards that would go a long way, considering you know that you need some depth to, to stand out there. So, also, if we're going to compare Tyler Morris and Darius Clemens, I would go with Morris having a bigger season just because of his role. I think he's more of a slot receiver. And I think you can move Roman Wilson back outside like he was in 2021. Cornelius Johnson on the other side, rotate some of the other guys in. But Tyler Morris is going to – he just feels like he's going to be one of those steady guys for the next three years. Like this is going to be the start of the next three years for him. And there's the picture there. I just sent it to Megan, our producer, and she already has it on the screen. So uh, that looks like Ronnie Bell to me. <laughs> All right, uh, That's crazy. Touchdown in, in practice. So, um you know I, I like Tyler Morris. I picked him early on in the off season to be a breakout type of guy. I wouldn't necessarily sleep though yet on Darius Clemens. I think there's a chance with his physical ability and with the way that he works, Roman Wilson was talking about it earlier in the off season, how he you know Roman doesn't go home much. He's from Hawaii, Darius Clemens from the West Coast too, and those two at times are, are two of the only guys in the weight room getting after it. so uh, I respect that about him and I, you know I think we could see either guy break out, but I'm really excited to watch Tyler Morris.
0: Yeah. I think it's important too, when it comes to the Clemens and, uh, and Morris, it's not even a debate or really a battle. Cause they're two different receivers of two very different things. Um, Clemens or, uh, Morris is going to be the guy, you know, obviously like a slot guy, he's a guy that runs Chris routes. I mean, he's someone that is going to move the chains on a, on a third down or, or one of those key situations. There's just an easier path to him having that role right now. Whereas, you know, Clemens is a guy who, you know, Cornelius Johnson is there and, and Roman Wilson is still there and, if he's going to get on the field, he's going to earn it, which is exactly the way you'd want it to. So um, and that, that isn't to say there's only room for three or, or three wide receivers in this offense. I mean, there's the more the merrier, honestly, if they're serious about being more balanced and throwing the ball around more. But uh, some early uh, continued uh, Tyler mm-hmm. Morris hype uh, as we head into the uh, – the this is the meat and potatoes now. I mean, that first week, it's like syllabus week uh, in, in college or high school. Uh, like you said, they've been doing the thud periods. Uh, I'd imagine things get cranked up a little bit this week with, you know, really, what is it? Three weeks of camp. And then they go right into game week. So it's, it's go time for those guys. Uh, I want to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we also talked to Jalen Harrell and Michael Barrett today. Um, something I found interesting uh, when we spoke to Michael Barrett again, this is now his sixth fall camp uh, in a Michigan uniform, which is crazy to think about. I there was another reporter who had brought this up and I hadn't even thought of this yet. Uh, But he was recruited in at Michigan for Chris Partridge's first go around with the program. Mm -hmm. So five years later, six years later, whatever it is, those two are back together. And, uh, you know, I think for him uh, when you're a six year guy, uh, you know, it's, it's a different situation, but you know, last year guys like Jake Moody and Brad Robbins, you just kind of have your routine and there's not, you know, because you're so entrenched, there's not really a whole lot of of pressure on you or, or things like that. But uh, you know, Mike Barrett's in a room now where junior Colson is healthy. uh, Ernest Hausman is transferred in and is you know making an impact already. Uh, It's not a typical scenario for a guy that came back for a fifth or sixth year where, you know, he's getting pushed by, by those guys in there. So uh, but linebacker depth is kind of on my mind today, fellas. And, you know, given, you know, given what we've seen from how they've built this room over the last few years, it's as deep as it's been. It's as athletic as it's been. And Mike Barrett, like there's a, there's a chance his role gets paired back a little bit, but it's going to mean good things for everyone else. If, if there are a lot of guys that can see and hit the field.
2: Yeah, it's positive. And Jimmy Rolder's put on some good weight and he's going to be in there as well. But, you know, Mike Barrett, he doesn't have a whole lot of buds left on this team, man. I mean, it's like all the guys that he came in with are gone. And I talked to him about that when we were in Cleveland at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on their trip. And he said, I feel like the old man. And sometimes when I screw up, they say, you look old timer, you know what, you need to pick it up or whatever. And go get your walker or whatever, but he said they, they come after him a little bit. But uh, he's a leader, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he were a captain. Uh, he made big plays in some of the biggest games of his career. You look at the last two Ohio State games, and you know every, every people talk about him being inconsistent and so on and so forth, and two things about that. Number one, he played quarterback in high school, came here as a Viper, he went and you know, and then he played linebacker and, and everything else, and and people are gonna, were wondering is he big enough to play inside, and and he's made some huge plays. So, but a great kid, great guy, and uh, love him. So, um, number two, uh, people respect him. His teammates respect him. You can tell, and those are the guys that help you when it comes to leadership. There are so many guys like him on this team. That the kids can point to and say, "Okay, you know what? Follow his lead. He's been through it all." So, like this guy, like the linebacker depth, I think it's going to give Junior Coulson a little bit more of a rest than he had last year, and he talked about that quite a bit. But I think Ernest Hausman is a rising star as well, fellas. And there are going to be times that they're going to have him on the field. There is talent all over this defense. So so much athleticism. If you look at Josiah Stewart, we heard about him again this weekend from one of our insiders, and then sure enough, today JJ McCarthy says he's one of the. Guys guys getting to me the most so uh, there's talent everywhere it's going to be I think it's going to be a fun front seven to cover
1: yeah and on Josiah Stewart too Jalen Harrell said he's not too small uh he he did laugh and said he is he is smaller than the rest of us in the edge Mm -hmm. room but he will get up underneath you and absolutely light up an offensive tackle get around him and get to the quarterback so I think he's going to be a real weapon that yeah he may not start these games but he's going to be important, you know, for this defense, getting to the quarterback linebacker depth, huge junior Colson was banged up, not only with a foot injury, but I think a wrist injury last year too. And he played almost every snap. So, uh, you know, that's going to be important to be able to spread those snaps out just a little bit, keep those guys fresh. Cause as we've talked about too, I think I mentioned it last week. I mean, one of the keys of this season is not only to just stay healthy and avoid those major injuries like Blake Coram going down, but, Have everybody at as close to 100% at the end of the season as you possibly can. That was a pretty banged up team from Mike Morris to Blake Corum to Donovan Edwards and some other guys at the end of last year. Got to keep them fresh uh, for, you know, the games when it matters the most. So that's going to be big. And then AB, too, you mentioned, you know, some of those veterans that they're just kind of out there, um, you know, being able to run their own practice to an extent. Somebody asked Zach Zinner about that with with Sharon Moore on the offensive line and saying, you know, is it any different now that he's the sole offensive coordinator? He said it is a little different that they come off to the side after, you know, a period or whatever. And they're kind of meeting and figuring things out on themselves, you know, on their own and then calling him over if they need help. But, you know, if that's the case, which it sounds like it is, this is the perfect offensive line for Sharon Moore to have his first year in this role with because there are just so many vets over there. Uh, And they have about 10 guys. Zinner said, maybe they'll go with the 10 offensive linemen set and one running back. Uh, They got so many capable guys and so many guys that have seen so much football. So I think they're going to be just fine. And they'll be able to figure out, you know, Sharon Moore will be able to divvy up his time perfectly.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And it's something where over the last few years where Sharon Moore has had more kind of put on his plate, uh, you know, coaching the offensive line. Then last year was the co-offensive coordinator this year. uh, The guy, uh to have such a veteran group you know even with the transfers that you brought in you know drake nugent has played a lot of football miles hinton has been around for a long time ladarius henderson has been around for a long time you have two uh fifth year guys competing at tackle spots Um, it kind of just makes it a a plug and play you know you still got to coach those guys up and there's a lot to decide obviously with as many as three spots up for grabs but uh, that offensive line is uh you'd think in very good hands. Uh, We do have a $5 super sticker here from our friend sister Sandoz. Uh, If you have a question, feel free to send it in. Uh, We will stop what we're doing to answer it. Um, So yeah, uh, a couple of things uh, love Barrett. uh, Sister Sandoz says uh, those who stay is a Michigan man and represents South Georgia saw Barrett play in high school at Lounge. So uh, yeah, send in a question if you have one, but uh, Shout out for the five dollar uh, super chat here on a Monday. What, what's night. a
2: super? What's a super sticker? I don't even know. No clue.
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take your five bucks. One, I guess. Yeah, we'll
2: take your five bucks, Sister Sandys. But uh, if you want a question in there, man, uh, or or woman, uh, or or a sister, you know, nun, um, yeah. then please please feel free to ask. So.
0: Just call everyone man, like Dan Campbell does.
2: Man, we're going to bite some kneecaps and kick some <laughs> ass. So. Um, That's right.
0: Yeah, something I was going to, uh, I guess, kind of pulling all of the the press conference stuff together from earlier today. Uh, a third line of all these conversations was, you know, how do you how do you bounce back from a disappointing end to last year? And a few of the guys that we spoke to, and again, all that we've heard all offseason is that it's been all hands on deck. All these guys are, you know, as physically developed as they've been in the last few years. Uh, they're as focused as they've been. You know, you don't get the sense that anyone on the roster is too fat and happy. But those guys that basically said, and I'm paraphrasing uh, from JJ McCarthy, but you know, the train was rolling and they hit obviously the speed bump that they did um, against TCU. But they just they never stopped. Some new guys got on the train. A couple guys got off the train, but. The train is still rolling and all these guys are still focused. And I guess just the sense that you guys got um, from the headspace this team is in. I mean, these guys are, are all about their business right now.
2: They are. And, you know, people, a few people on the message boards were concerned. They said, well, they seem, you know, they expect to win. And, you know, are they too confident? And I think there was something to be said for maybe they were a little too, too confident for that against TCU. And some of the coaches that we spoke with even said that, you know, they got big heads and they were kind of looking past them. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And, um, you know what? They now they've felt the disappointment two years in a row of losing in the semifinals. And last year definitely shouldn't have. There's no question about it. So you don't know when you're going to get an opportunity like that again. As good as this team is, fellas, it could finish 10 and 2. And people are say, oh, there's no way that this team could finish 10 and 2. There absolutely is a way this team could finish 10 and 2. You get a couple bad breaks in big games. And you're ten and two, and it happens. Better teams don't always win football games. Remember Penn State and Ohio State several years ago when the block kicked at the end of the game that Ohio State mm-hmm. had basically dominated. So mm-hmm. uh, stuff happens. So, but to me, uh, the leadership, the program, it feels like the early '90s all over again, where you expected these guys to win the Big Ten and and to go out there and win, be favored in just about every game. So, and the biggest difference is now you're going into that Ohio State game. Uh, not selling hope anymore, to quote out a, a former rival coach. You've won that thing twice, and really the pressure was on Ohio State to turn that thing around, and you can feel it. I could feel it from Ryan Day at Media Day, you know what, uh, looking for reasons and talking about, hey, this is what we need to do, and we learned from this, and we learned from that. Well, you got to go to Ann Arbor, and you got to win that game after you just got your butt kicked by – you know, three touchdowns a couple of times. So it's going to be a fun year, fellows. I'm uh, pretty excited. And uh, I don't think there's any question that the confidence is is an all-time high.
1: Yeah, they should be confident. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's kind of the perfect storm when you talk about, you know, Jim Harbaugh said there's no complacency with this team. He said that last summer, you know, in basically the same exact words. Um, and there wasn't. I mean, they rattle off 13 wins, uh, you know, and, and we're 13-0, and win 13 games for the first time in program history. So – that you know that proved to be true. Now you kind of had the, you know, this is the best evidence Jim Harbaugh has of cultural momentum, which is what he talks about, is that the things he used to tell the guys like, hey, last year doesn't matter, you know, it's all about this year. Our time is now. They're saying that to him now, like, and, and you know, it, that's that's the perfect example of of what this you know level of complacency is, is with this team. It's low, but the confidence is high at the same time, and they're using the end of the year that game in the Fiesta Bowl as fuel. So it's kind of the perfect storm, those two things coming together. Um, And, yeah, they feel confident. They should be. And, you know, that's a big reason why I think they were able to go down to Columbus last year and win is because they knew they could beat that team. They knew that they were the tougher team and the team that wouldn't fold at the end, and that's what carried them, you know, over the finish line. So you need that confidence. You know, you don't want to get overconfident, but you you need that confidence to achieve at this level, I think, in college football.
0: You know, it came up today in someone's question, uh, that 2019 season where Michigan, I think it was the last time where the Cleveland.com poll had them as the favorite to win the Big Ten, and obviously they fall flat on their face. They go 9-3. and three. Uh, The season was actually even more frustrating uh, than the record would even indicate that it was when you consider the talent level on the roster, what those expectations were. Um, and, and the reason I don't worry about this group being cocky is one, because like you guys said, we've seen them do it. Um but I, there's not an entitlement to them, you know. I think there were guys in in the earlier Harbaugh era that would, you know, success was guaranteed to them because they came to Michigan and you know Michigan was the best and, and they are the most talented and yada yada yada. But you know when when you speak to these players, it's you know they have an edge to them without being abrasive and uh, you know they're very they're very insular in 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 taking you know handling their business one week at a time one practice at a time. You know, we hear, we hear that's such an overblown cliche, but you know, this is really, I think the, you know, this is one week at a time incarnate. You know, the, the, that's the biggest thing that's led to this turnaround is the fact that they don't listen to, uh, for lack of a better term, the bullshit. They don't listen to the outside noise. They're not worried about people or what people are saying them on Twitter or, or X now or Instagram, whatever it is. Uh, these guys just show up every day, They go to work and they know that nothing is owed to them. Um, And I think last year, the TCU game was maybe a little bit of a, you know, reversion back to, you know, thinking that they deserve to win that game or or they were the better team. Um, You get the sense that this team has kind of learned from that. And does that mean they're going undefeated? No. Does it mean they're winning the national title? No. But, you know, you get the sense that, you know, for a a lot of programs there's There's a climb you have to make and you have to get knocked down a few pegs. And that kind of winds up being, you know, something that defines your story once you finally reach that mountaintop. So I get that sense.
2: Yeah. They're self-policing now too. Like in the past, you know, they're rolling their eyes at some of their teammates when, You know, one of their mothers says your main objective before this rivalry game is to not get hurt. You don't aren't going to win a rivalry game with guys like that when those guys are your starters. Another guy calling somebody at his position group in the NFL asking if he should opt out of the season to protect his draft status. Goodbye. Get the hell out. You know, so you don't have any of that. And if you do have any of that, then these guys are like, OK, you need to go. You, you don't fit our culture anymore. Uh, but to be able to change it in a year like they did, A.B. And, and Clayton, to me, was remarkable. It was one of the more remarkable things I've seen uh, in this program in the you know 40 plus years that I've been watching Michigan football. Uh, and uh, I, I credit Jim Harbaugh and his staff for, for making that happen.
1: It's incredible how far they've come for sure. Yeah, just like that.
0: And they've, they've earned it too. I mean, that's, that's the thing they have dug themselves completely out of this hole, which is what you were going to have to do uh, coming out of, you know, the dark ages, so to speak. But, uh, any other final takeaways from the Monday pressers before we uh, talk about a few more of our, our friends here?
2: Guys look great. It's unreal. You know, they said that they've been setting all kinds of records in the weight room and stuff like that. And uh, to me, Ben Herbert is, of course, he's not one of the unsung heroes anymore of this team because everybody knows what he does and getting these guys in shape. So um, Mason Graham's got a little bit of baby fat on there. I mean, that might not be the better example, but you know what? Here's the thing: um, he's he played. At that, you know, he played, he's, he lost, I think, 20 pounds, if I'm not mistaken, and just like that in a month when, in the spring when he got a little bit heavier. I have no concerns about him whatsoever, but can't wait to see Chris Jenkins, fellas, everything that we've heard in talking to the offensive lineman. There he is right there. Uh, I think this kid's going to be an absolute animal and I don't think he's going to be Maurice Hurst in there when it comes to pass rushing, but I think he was underrated in that respect a little bit last year. Some of the impact plays that he made in the Ohio state game, drawing a holding penalty, forcing a high throw. uh, I think you're going to see him get to the quarterback and be rewarded for that a little bit more this year, because they're going to have a hard time double teaming anybody on that line.
0: I am with you. My God. Uh, I'm so ready for this season to start. Um, And I know we'll have some good intel this week, so be sure to keep your eyes peeled uh, uh, over at TheWolverine.com and on the fort. But uh, we have some more stuff to get to. But before we do that, a couple of housekeeping notes we need to tend to I want to talk about first our our friends over at Bird Dogs. Uh, Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way, way better. I don't have—I've never had Lululemon, but I have had Bird Dogs. Can confirm, extremely great fit. Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Something else that's important for me uh bird dogs using uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day uh they have been super gracious with the stuff they've sent over to us i've had a couple pairs of the shorts a long pair of pants uh the tumbler of course and then the uh uh the sport the sport hat which has been awesome uh Like I said, uh, if you put your order in today using the promo code Wolverine or head over to birddogs.com slash Wolverine, you will get the free hat uh, with your order. So head on over to birddogs.com slash Wolverine or use the promo code Wolverine for the free uh, white sports style hat. You are not going to take any of this stuff off. It's extremely comfortable. Uh, We're in the dog days of summer, some really hot days ahead in August, of course, and Probably a few hot days uh, at at the big house this fall. Uh, there's always a scorcher early on in the year. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much to Bird Dogs for their support. And uh, head on over to birddogs.com/slash wolverine or use promo code the wolverine. Of course, our other sponsor here on Monday nights is our friends over mm-hmm. at rogueshop.com. If you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, or have anxiety or stress use the promo code 10 uh, use the promo code to get 10% off your order over at RogueShop.com. Rogue Shop sells cbd thc edibles tinctures smokables fast salts pain creams and more they handcraft all of their own top uh, their products topical soaps candles bath salts massage oils all of those things uh, head on over to the website uh, for all of the info on that they grow their own cannabis all of their products are made with their own stuff The website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask anything, uh, get background on whatever they're looking at ordering. Uh, All their edibles are uh, custom formulated with cannabis, vitamins, and plant materials. Rogue Shop is America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop. They are a true small business that is disabled, veteran-owned in the heart of Big Ten country, operating out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So head on over to RogueShop.com. Use promo code The Wolverine and get 10% off your order today. That's R O G U E Shop.com. Okay, fellas. Uh, big news last week. Uh, the, the fundamental change to college sports continues. Uh, the Big Ten is growing plus four next year. Uh, we already knew that USC and UCLA were coming, but uh, the death of the Pac 12 is in full swing. And Oregon and Washington have decided to get out of Dodge. They will be heading to the big 10 starting next season, which means those 2024 schedules that were put out a couple months ago, go ahead and rip those right up. I'm sure there's going to be a couple dates that stay the same, but uh, for the most part, the big 10 is up to 18 where we could see them get as as high as 20. Wouldn't be surprised if it goes faster than that, but uh, a lot to sift through here, a lot to still kind of absorb and, uh, you know, again, there's so much so much changing in college sports, guys. I, I Just your thoughts on Oregon and Washington.
2: Greed and stupidity. And Oregon and the Big Ten, are you serious? Come on. You know what? The, the Pac-12 PAC or whatever was perfect. At the conferences that are regional. But you know what? It's all about, hey, we, we need more TV money and we want to expand and everything else. Why can't you just have an agreement here among the conferences? We're Okay. Uh, You know, we're all just going to get along and we're going to work with each other and so on and so forth. You know, call me old school, old fashioned. But to have Big Ten teams, you know, possibly in Florida now they're talking about and, you know, in California. I'm looking forward to the road trips, fellas. Can't wait. Can't wait to take you to some cool places at USC next year. And, you know, when we go out to Oregon, um, lots of fun. But guys, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And it's the chase for the almighty dollar. Uh, I think you're going to have to unprotect some of those protected rivalries. Now you can't just sit there and say, okay, uh, some schools have are going to have three protected rivals. Some are going to have one. I think you revisit some of those. Uh, if you're one of those that has three and you say, okay, maybe one or two. And I think that the conference will probably make it so because otherwise the, you want to talk about imbalance in and the schedules, it's going to be insane. You know, some teams are are going to be playing teams at the bottom of the conference every year because it's a protected rival. It's just not fair. So uh, I hate it. I am looking forward to trips to Washington, however. So that's exciting. And uh, been to Oregon, and uh, that was a fantastic road trip. But uh, other than that, you know what? It'll be fine because there will be more exciting games on the schedule and everything else. But, yeah, as a traditionalist, I can't stand it.
1: Yeah, it's sad, sad days in in college sports, not just college football either. I feel like people only talk about it from a college football perspective, but this affects every single sport. Uh, You know, people in in women swimming and diving are going to be having to go out, you know, from Rutgers and go play against Oregon or go swim and compete against Oregon. Uh, It makes absolutely no sense. Jordan Acker, Michigan Regent, put out a great Twitter thread. The other day, basically breaking it down, how it, the, literally the only reason why any of this makes sense is because of TV dollars. And then you also read more and more about how Fox is pulling the strings for the Big Ten. ESPN's pulling the strings for the SEC. These commissioners that are supposedly making the decisions aren't even actually the ones making the decisions. It's all about money at this point. So it makes no sense. It's brutal. Uh, I was a fan of the Pac-12 watching it. Pac-12 after dark. You know, it's, it's late night. You're still up. You get to watch some Pac-12 football, Pac-12 basketball, uh, but it will be no longer pretty much. I mean, the Pac-12 is is absolutely dead. Um, but yeah, road trips will be fun. So, you know, I mean, for us, it's a little bit more fun than probably for some other people, but it is, uh, yeah, it's just tough to see on the schedule. Um, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do now with the the numbers not really adding up to do pods or, um, you know, if you just keep the the model that they had before. I thought it was decent with the 16 teams where everyone was going to play every other opponent in a two-year window. That that makes sense to me. I don't know how you do that now with 18 unless you go to 10 conference games, which kind of screws you over anyway. So there's just so many different factors to this, but mainly it's, it's all disappointing other than the people that are cashing the checks.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I wrote about this last week, and I, my biggest takeaway is that, like, one – you have to take things for what they are and where they're heading instead of how we'd like them to be to a certain extent. Like if you're a Michigan fan, I think you can rest easy knowing that you are, you know, one of the premier institutions in the conference that is you know, driving the most change and kind of doing the most to secure its future. So that's all fine and good. Right. But you know, this, this move as excited as I am, you know, like I said, I I was in Seattle a few weeks ago uh, not to close the deal, Uh, on this by the way, but I do have a friend up there and and I can like, that will be a great trip. I, I, Seattle, something about that feels very big 10, even though it's the Pacific Northwest, but, um, you know, the, this only appeals to the schools and the television, the television networks that are pulling the strings and, and are going to be making the money. There's not a fan that asked for this. There's not a student athlete that asked for this. There's not coaches that asked for this. Um, and as exciting as the enhanced competition will be, and and don't forget about this, I feel like nine nine p.m. and nine thirty p.m. tips for hoops games at Chrysler no. are probably going to become a little more prevalent. Um, they already are, and Michigan was only playing schools you know east of the Mississippi. But um, you know the, the the student athletes, these are let's call them what they are. I mean, they're unpaid employees right now. And if you're a television network that is doing all this to add revenue to, to your, your content blocks. Cause this is what bothers me is that, you know, college football Saturdays are being programmed like, you know, the Thursday night comedy block or the, the Tuesday night, you know, police procedurals. It's just content to these people. And it's, it's, um, it's just so uh, it, it's, it's so disingenuous. I mean, you're ripping rivalries apart. You're ripping uh, you know, the apple cup is awesome that's going away uh, with Washington coming to the big 10. But if you're a a TV network and all this is a grand design to start sharing revenue with players, uh, I guess so be it. But uh, for me, it's a tough pill to swallow because all of this change is driven by suits that are just trying to make more money uh, and, and get it away from people who maybe deserve it more of it. Like, like the athletes, like some of these support staff people, um, the logistical issues of Michigan volleyball going to play, you know, a game at, at Oregon or Washington is, you know, that's never going to be an issue for football or basketball. So, you know, my biggest fear is what it does to those non-revenue sports. And it's just all, uh, you know, at some point the dust is going to settle and things will be normal because all of this change will slow down. But uh, it just, it just feels really gross right now. I don't know how else to put it.
2: Yeah, it really does, and it's just it's just stupid. But you know what? And it is hard, guys. It is hard for a Big Ten school to go out and play and win on the West Coast in these yeah. venues. Uh, going back and look at the stats, man. I can't remember. You know, Michigan's won maybe you know a couple times out there. They they won at Washington State, not Washington State. They won at uh, they won at UCLA one year on a last second field goal. Uh, lost at UCLA a couple of times. Um, lost at Washington a couple of times. So what? Lost at Oregon. It's tough, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who the protected rivalries are, and it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how the schedules are made. Are they going to have pods? If they add add two more teams and you get to 20, are you going to have four pods of five? Who the heck knows? But uh, it is not going to be easy, and it's going to definitely be different. Yep. Anything else to add? Nope. (laughs) Nope. That's it. What's that that's why he's the best in the business, folks. That's right, a
0: man of a man of very few words. Uh, I just want to, um, I want to, I want to keep on the on the Big Ten stuff as it pertains to Michigan football here for just a second. Um, you know, I have no idea how how they're going to wind up scheduling this. I, I have a couple ideas that might show up in some sort of piece on the Wolverine this week, but I think that just my last quick point would be. You know, Michigan fans are already kind of used to getting the shaft because of the the brand that they are, uh, because you know, Michigan, by virtue of who they are and what that block M stands for, is always going to put asses in front of television seats. Whatever the scheduling matrix looks like, given that it is all bending over backwards for more TV money, it, it's going to probably affect Michigan the most. So uh, the only thing I would say is just win the damn football games.
1: Well, if they... I mean, if they do – I mean, they can't make Michigan protect one of these teams. I mean, you can only really make them play Ohio State, which is a disadvantage for both Michigan and Ohio State that they have to play each other. But beyond that, uh, I don't see – I don't see any way that somehow one of these teams becomes one of Michigan's protected rivals if they go that route. So that would be absolutely absurd. Uh, But this is all absurd, so maybe it'll happen.
2: Are you are you one of those maize flakes that doesn't want me to protect the Michigan State rivalry?
1: Maize flakes. I feel like I've heard that before. I don't know. <laughs> I feel
2: like that's what comes
0: out of your scalp if you. Right.
2: If exactly. It's
0: yeah. got some kind of skin issue or
2: whatever. I would but- drop them. I would drop them in a heartbeat. And uh, you know what? I just would. It, it's just uh, you know to me, uh, one protected rival is enough, especially now. So uh, that's the way I feel about it.
1: But if you uh, could have a layup easy win like Michigan State, I think ooh. you know I would I would ooh. go with that. How dare you? Shot, shots from everywhere today. How dare I'm you? Saying, i protect I, Minnesota I, too, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, pre- I would say protect all the trophy games, but now there's a trophy. Northwestern. For, yeah,
2: Northwestern. yeah. Absolutely protect that one. The Georgia Trophy. Yeah. yeah
1: the and the Bowl with the Nebraska. Unless they get good, then you just drop that. Right. So yeah, yeah. all sorts of options. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to. I'd like to keep playing Michigan State. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I just wish everyone acted accordingly, and then it's not just really don't, that much of an issue. Don't don't hit people over the head with their, your helmet, and should be good. Yeah. Don't throw batteries at people. No, no batteries either. So, all right. Uh, let's move on to questions.
0: How about that? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's go to this one from JJ33. He says A random question. I don't think we'll have an answer for this one, but he says random question. But did we ever find out? What happened with Matt Weiss? Of course, Matt Weiss, the former quarterbacks coach in Ann Arbor, uh, no longer with the program due to cyber crimes. So any background on that, Chris?
2: Yes, we do know what he did. No, we cannot share it. So um, allegedly did, I should say. So I don't believe charges have been pressed at this point. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that they were looking into that. So uh, it was very unfortunate. But you know what? Uh, they've got a, a great replacement in Kirk Campbell. Wish Matt Weiss well um, in rebounding from his incident issues.
1: Yeah, right. it's been oddly quiet. I don't know exactly where it's at in the legal process, but yep. I feel like people that you know are on Michigan football have moved on, you know, from that yep. pretty quickly. And Sharon Moore's the OC. Kirk Campbell's the quarterbacks coach, and and they're rolling.
2: I think if charges are pressed, JJ thirty three, then yes, you will find out.
1: All
0: right. Well, uh, I guess we'll find out what happens with that eventually. Uh, This one's from Bobby Schaefer, a basketball question. Uh, Clayton, of course, reporting over the weekend that Juco transfer Kobe Campbell was in on an official visit. So uh, Bobby Schaefer asks, what about the Juco transfer for basketball? Any updates there?
2: Doesn't look like he got an offer. And speaking with people today, I think what they do is, you know, they play a pickup ball with the kids and then, you know what, if it goes well and they say, hey, this kid can play, you know, uh, this is just me talking here. I don't know that this is exactly how it went down, but this is how it always used to go down. You know, then they say, okay, we're going to offer this kid. I don't think he got an offer yet, but uh, I'm not real excited about the prospects of getting Jalen Llewellyn back 100% healthy by the time the season starts. So they need a guard. If it's not him, then it needs to be somebody else.
1: Yeah, Kobe Campbell from North Idaho. Kid can shoot. 20 games last year. He made over 50 threes, over 50 percent of his threes. But that's in junior college. Um, yeah, haven't heard you know about the whole offer thing. So that's you know probably wouldn't think that would necessarily happen. But they brought him in and uh, they're trying to fill you know those last couple scholarship spots. But it just doesn't feel like at this point there's a ton of traction with anybody. Maybe you could take this kid if you wanted him, but it may be worth banking the scholarship since he has three years of eligibility remaining, and you'd have to take him for the next three years. So maybe bank it like Michigan State did last year, and then you fill it out with some recruits. But, you know, that'd probably be the smartest way to go if you feel like you can survive until Jalen Llewellyn gets back, which not quite sure how that'll go in the backcourt with limited numbers.
2: And there could be some other guys that are under the portal at this point, still late, right? I mean, yeah. so um, I'm sure we'll be keeping an eye on that. And that to me is really that's that's paramount for this team to be competitive in the Big Ten. Need another guy, Bellus.
0: Doug McDaniel is going to play thirty. You know, there's only forty more. minutes in a game,
1: but he's going to play forty-five minutes a night. Right, right. Just this extra, but yeah. well, they uh, go to overtime like every game anyway. Like last year, so oh god, yeah. Well, yeah. Wow, way to bring the mood down. <laughs> well, there was like four <laughs> overtime games in a row there.
0: Yeah, yeah there really was. I uh, have a cluster of questions here from Benny Woods. Says, have not heard a lot about Darius Clemens, who, of course, we talked about a little bit earlier. I know the kid is six foot three and has the ability to get deep. Uh, we need to feed his confidence. Um, and he goes on to say, great tandems if both Morris and Clemens get some confidence in catching passes on early downs. Now, I would say this like, I, I think that some people might be reading a little too much into the fact that we're not hearing his name again. It's only four days in the camp. And like I said, I think his path is just a little more difficult. Uh for a lot of snaps as opposed to you know what what uh, Tyler Morris has in front of him. But um I don't know that I've heard anything that would suggest that anyone should be out on him. We just haven't really heard anything yet.
2: No, and I think some of the concern there is you saw what happened with Andrew L. Anthony supposedly not getting touches, and then you know that turned him off to the point that he transferred to Oklahoma. Well, you gotta earn those too, right? He had opportunities that he didn't take advantage of. He had the one Michigan State game and then, you know, several balls at him in the hands the Illinois game comes to mind last year at a chance to really make a huge play yeah. and didn't. So, you know what, you make plays, you're going to play. And that's what it boils down to. And Darius Clemens has that ability. Now he's just got to make the plays and he did put in the time. And this is I'll have an article up, up on this as well, later in the week with the coach from Ron Bellamy talking about how much time he put in, in the off season and, and how he was really getting after it. So they are pleased with the effort. So we'll see if it translates to the field. But to your point, Clay, when you've got – in A.B. When you've got Cornelius Johnson and you've got Rowan Wilson out there, you've got those veterans. Those are guys that are going to play. And, you know, it's up to Darius Clemens to get in there and earn some of those touches uh, when those guys are off the field.
1: It's funny you bring up Andrell Anthony because I was going to use him as a comparison. I think Darius Clemens is going to get kind of those Andrell Anthony snaps this year. He wasn't getting mm-hmm. a ton of targets. He wasn't getting open that much, Andrell, last mm-hmm. season. Um, and then you hear the reports he's doing really well at Oklahoma. I want to see him do well, so that that is great to hear. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a great kid. Um, but, yeah, I think Darius Clemens is going to get those snaps, and what he makes, you know, with that opportunity is going to be what his role is. You know, J.J. is going to get comfortable with with certain guys. We know he has that connection with Tyler Morris. We know he has that with Colson Loveland, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson. You know, you got to develop that with him, and game reps are going to be huge for that. So beginning of the year I think will be important.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to put the Anthony Broom curse on Darius Clemens. He will not be my player of the game pick <laughs>
2: every
1: year, every game.
2: week, every week. Uh,
1: yeah. His family's yeah. rejoicing. We'll yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's the Betty talks about feeding his confidence. It's more or less less yeah. about feeding the curse. So, all right. Yeah. Um, that's true. all right. Another one from Sister Sandoz, who said that that is the name of his rock band. By the way, nice. Uh, I'm gonna look there it up. We go. There we go. We'll look into it. But he says, uh, "Seeing twenty six three hundred plus pound players on this roster, has Michigan ever had a roster this size?"
2: I have to go back and look. But I mean, they had big boys. You know, they used to. The running joke was they used to list everybody at two ninety nine when Lloyd was there because they didn't want you know everything. Everybody was fat. So, um, but yeah, they've had uh, big rosters. But I'll, I'll say this: the in terms of guys that are that big and in such great shape uh, I don't remember it and I you know from what I've seen of these guys in in pictures and you see them walking down the road in Ann Arbor these guys are absolutely built and again credit to Ben Herbert and his staff uh, Abigail O'Connor the nutritionist uh, they've done a tremendous job so uh, but man it is amazing standing next to some of these guys and you're thinking you know how does a how does a kid get that big so uh, you know they, I, I really, this is, this is uh it's a great question. Um, You know, we'd have to go back and look, but to, to me, this is one of the biggest and strongest that I've seen.
1: Anthony and I walked past Miles Hinton in the parking lot today. And he was Anthony hid behind a car. Uh, I was like, come on. He's, you know, he's a nice guy. Um, But yeah. no, they got some big dudes on this team, a lot of size like that. And, and sister Sandoz that, so that means he's a male. I thought we, you know, had our first female listener, but, Apparently, we are still a hundred percent male podcast, but we are thought, open to to anybody that wants to listen.
2: I thought we had our first nun, and I was really excited. That's so, true.
1: That yeah. would have been even better. Yeah. Yeah. Would
2: have been great. But the nun, if it was the nuns, would be
0: coming to all of our houses and knocking down knocking down a door with like a fire hose of like holy water.
2: Yeah, and uh, smacking us over the fingers with rulers and stuff like that. So yeah, but hey, yeah. Hey, shout out to Catholic school. I'm a, I'm a product of that. Uh,
0: Chris Sheehan with a 4.99 super chat says I'm late to the party. Uh, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing this is in terms of fall camp, but he says things sound generally good so
2: far. Amazing. Um, you know, it's early. They haven't, Let's like JJ McCarthy said today, Chris, they have not put on full pads yet. Most of it's shell and thud, you know, they aren't tackling to the ground at the same time. They are thrilled with what they've seen from both lines, uh, at least especially the interior defensive line. The pass rush has been outstanding. So it'll be interesting to see if that's how the tackles shake out on offense. We've heard great things that they've got four guys that can play. But, um, you know, if the defense is getting the better of them early on, it'll be interesting to see how that goes on in camp. But the linebackers are deep. They aren't that concerned with the other corner at this point. Um, They still think Amorian Walker is going to rise up and – um, and play quite a bit this fall uh, Josh Wallace at that corner. Those are really the concerns and then the kicking game. So, um, but they, they love where they are right now. Uh, they are, their confidence is at an all time high. They expect to go out there and win the big 10.
1: Yeah. The best sign for me is that, you know, all, all the positions look pretty good, but also they're healthy at this point, you know, Blake Corum's back. You got all sorts of guys around the field. Will Johnson was spotted in a, you uh, know, one of the practice photos, Donovan Edwards is out there healthy, Making cuts, making improvements. So they're healthy right now. It's going to allow these guys to come along too. Um, and September second, man, it's going to be a lot of fun to see all that talent out there on the field. And East Carolina,
0: you'll be able to see it if you either go to the game or have Peacock, of course, because that is a streaming exclusive that first week of the year. That's not a promo for Peacock. That's what it sounded like. But I was going to say uh, to you, are
2: you going to give them? Are you going to give them directions on how to get the cock? <laughs>
0: I can't believe you just said that.
2: What's that? Well, that's what. Isn't that what they call it?
1: Yeah, that's a positive. Yeah, that's what the kid. That, right. That's what the kids call it. Yeah. Yeah, the Peacock yeah. Network is. Yeah. 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 Just like St. Yeah. Pete's, your right. alma mater, CB. Right.
2: Exactly.
0: My other alma mater. Yeah. It's a class of ninety two. Yeah. Uh, Shab fam. Uh, he has. We have two from Shab fam, and it's probably time to pull the plug on this thing, cause, or else the nuns are going to knock the door down. Uh, does the lack of protection around a one hundred year old conference just further make the NCA look like a joke? Yeah it's for. funny that um, they love to protect their own self-interest. They're groveling before Congress right now for NIL protections and legislation but they're just letting I mean they're just letting college football and I won't say die just fundamentally change and killing tradition.
2: Yeah, but don't don't go and buy a committed recruit a burger after he surprises you with a visit, you know, from Tennessee or wherever and, you know, say so you don't remember it. Otherwise, you know, you're looking at a four-game suspension. Absolute joke. The NCAA is uh, – it's long overdue for that body to be dissolved and and for them to go a different direction, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Schaub fam, it doesn't only just make them look like more of a joke. I don't know how that's even possible, though, at this right. point. But what it does is also just is another of many examples that they really don't have as much power as they probably thought they once did. Um, You know, they don't really have control over what the conferences do. They only have a certain amount of control. And I think they're going to go away, at least in football, uh, pretty darn soon within the next five years. I think the NCAA is going to be done with college football, or at least the Power Five, and we will see something else come in. And that will be a great, great day. Uh, But also, I don't know if I can trust whoever would come in next. So, it's it's going to be tough to watch.
0: You know what was the old uh, Chris? Who was the old uh, NBC executive that was friends with OJ Simpson? <laughs>
2: I know who you're talking about the one that Norm McDonald, uh that fired Norm Macdonald, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he'll be the new commissioner of college football. Yeah, there uh, you have it. Was it Don? It's Don. Don Olmeyer. Yes. Yes. There you have it. So, it and, and he Had told, he level. told
2: Norm MacDonald to stop making OJ jokes. So guess what? He made four more every, every show. Fantastic.
0: Of course. One of, uh, of course, rest in peace, Don Olmayer. He yeah. passed in 2017, but of course, and what Norm, of Norm MacDonald? Well, Norm as well. One yeah. of Norm's best jokes, of course, uh, was an OJ joke uh, that looped in Charles Woodson uh, at the ESPYs in 98. So, Look that up if you haven't uh, seen it before. Last one from Shaw Fame. Uh, if the Big Ten goes to 20 teams, who are the two teams most likely to be added? I think ND and, and Iowa State would make a lot of sense. I feel like I just watched Clayton turn a shade of red at the thought of both of those schools joining. But um yeah, yeah I don't know. Um if it's all about you know sopping up the the TV. Markets and playing the old four corners game with the United States. Maybe you go down to the Carolinas. I think North Carolina is a fit. Uh, Virginia would be a fit. Uh, Notre Dame, I guess, logistically is a fit, but I just see them playing the game of musical chairs as long as they
2: can. Um, they will. I don't uh, will know. they? Will they be forced to make a? You know, can NBC can say, are we, okay, we are going to, If you want to make this amount of money, you have to join the Big Ten. Who knows? But uh, maybe some one of the Florida schools, Florida State's been mentioned, haven't they? so yep. um you know and and get into the florida market so that's somewhere that they aren't and i bet that would be something that would interest them but notre dame makes a lot of sense and i, I will say it again you know what uh, i couldn't care less but I, it, it to me it makes a lot of sense for them to join the big 10
1: yeah i, I think florida state clemson will probably end up in the sec probably where they belong but yeah. i agree I would, I would hate to see them come to the big 10 but yeah iowa state Bring it on, man. We could, you know, Matt Campbell would be exposed for, you know, being a fraud. It's not his fault. It's all the hype around Matt Campbell. So, uh, yeah, I got nothing against the guy personally. But, um, yeah, them and I, I want Notre Dame to stay independent. I don't want them in the Big Ten. But if they did, I think it would not be a wise choice for them. They'd end up being like a, you know, Wisconsin type, fourth, fifth, and then you don't have that prestige, quote, unquote, of being, you know, the only – you know, one of these top independent teams. So I don't know if that'd be necessarily the best decision for them. And I think that's partly why they're trying to keep their prestige and and stay independent. So I think they're going to last, they're going to wait at least, you know, quite a while here before they join a conference.
2: They would never admit it, but I think you're absolutely right. Clay.
1: Love it. And of course,
0: last but not least, uh, our guy, Shane Johnson with a $5 super chat. You guys are killing it with camp news, player pressers, clat and coaches, preseason polls, have a day, huh? The depth is outrageous and needed to get to Houston, which is of course, where I hope all three of us will be uh, come January. I hope Shane Johnson is there. I hope all of our friends that we've seen in our travels over the last few years, I hope you get to have that moment where you make that trip. And, you know, if nothing else, your team's playing on that last num- uh, Monday night in January, or that last Monday night of the college football season. So uh, fellas, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you everyone for the great questions, for watching along, or if you watch the replay in uh, on YouTube or on the website or listen to the podcast feeds, we appreciate you. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Um, yeah, a uh, lot of great stuff coming to thewolverine.com. Uh, should be a good week for Intel and insider content. We'll be in Schembechler Hall at least a few more times uh, this week to... Get some intel from some uh, some of the boots on the ground, and, and we'll see how fall camp's going. But for Chris Ballas, for Clayton Safey, uh, for The Wolverine, I'm Anthony Broom. Uh, thanks for watching, and we will talk to you again next Monday night.
2: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.